Mm-hmm. Let the church say amen. amen. Church say amen again. Amen. We're delighted to be here this afternoon and uh, excited to say a word or two from the Lord. Uh, I'm the fill-in guy. Uh, I got word last night that Brother Jackson was not going to be here, and Brother Carruthers asked me if I would say a few words, and I assured him that I would, but not on that topic. Uh, uh, I'm going to do something a little different, and then I'm going to give way to uh, our other two prolific speakers who will be dealing with their, uh, with their topics. Uh, I want to turn your attention to the book of Acts, the 27th chapter. I want to thank Jeff for the opportunity and the great job he's done with the lectureship, uh, and uh, just delighted to be able to say a few words. Beginning at verse 9, and while you're turning there, let me just say I want to be, I want to say thank you to all those who prayed for me when I was sick and when I was down. Uh, I feel those prayers and I'm requesting even more prayers as I'm still recovering. And uh, uh, one of the one of the issues I, that, that has gone from me is my eyesight, so I'm trying to get some of that back. Uh, so uh, uh, be praying for me on that issue, uh, that the Lord will be with me. Beginning at verse 9. And when much time was spent, and the voyage was now dangerous, because the fast was now already gone, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with much injury and much loss, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion gave more heed to the master and the owner of the ship to those, those things which were spoken by Paul. I want to talk for a few moments this morning when the majority decided when the majority decided. Picture the situation. Catch the moving drama, the detailed suffering on the sea and being shipwrecked on the shore. How that is always sadly but fearfully interesting. Let me tell you the story and then if we have time, we're going to back up and make application. Picture, if you can, a long night alone in the dark, deep sea. The signal for distress that's never seen. The cries for help that are never heard. The hungering and the fearing, the praying. Paul, an apostle and prisoner, is in for a long night, perhaps the longest night of his life. The captain is immobilized by anxiety. The centurion is frozen in fear. Paul alone has taken command of the ship by divine intervention. Paul was able to calm the crew because Paul knew that in spite of how the winds and the waves were boisterous, the Lord was the captain of his fate. One cannot read the sacred narrative without feeling some sort of solicitude for the life 
of the Apostle Paul, who on the last night walked up and down the deck among hardened soldiers and, and reckless seamen waiting for the morning to come. And I tell you, church, I don't care how long the night is, you can't rush the morning. I've learned that morning comes when God gets ready. The morning will come. Never had anyone embarked upon a voyage as this one, which Paul had been warned and warned them not to take. The Bible says the storm struck and they were tossed by a driven wind. Fourteen days and nights, the book says, they were tossed around in fear. On the first night, the Bible says they started to throw things overboard and uh, trying to lighten the ship. On the second night, they decided that uh, they needed to throw uh, more cargo and things overboard in order to get control of the ship. On the third night, all hands were on deck. Soldiers, seamen, criminals, as they all tried to uh, save their lives. And then on the last night, the Bible says, when all hope of being saved was gone, a wonderful thing happened. When all hope of being saved was gone, Paul stood forth. And until that time, he hadn't been able to get a hearing. And Paul says, sirs, you should have listened to me. Sirs, I told you we shouldn't have left. Sirs, I told you not to be hard-headed. But I want you to know that uh, there stood by me last night an angel whose I am and whom I serve, telling me, fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. And so all of them that are with you. But I like what he said after that. He says, sirs, I believe God. And I'm going to tell you, when you're going through your storm, you've got to believe God. When, when you've lost things that are of value and when, when, when you've lost things that have meaning to you and you seem like you're all there by yourself, you have to believe God. When your health is gone down and sometimes you're wondering uh, what has happened, you, you have to lay there and say, Lord, I, I still believe in you. I know you haven't brought me this far to leave me. And then Paul had a calmness about him because Paul knew the Lord was the captain of his fate. And when you're in trouble, remain calm. Learn to believe in the Lord that got you where you are. He said he'd never leave you uh, nor forsake you. Uh, when I was uh, uh, in the hospital and, and my wife uh, uh, was trying to put me back together again, uh, amen, uh, uh, we were sitting there and I... Uh, gone into a deep sleep because my blood sugar had risen so high and uh, the lady came in and I'd never been a diabetic before you know the lady came in and she was trying to give me lessons on on diabetes and 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 what I was going to have to be going through uh, and, and and at that time I'm half asleep it wasn't really a good time to be talking to me uh, about diabetes uh, I, 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 I wasn't in the mood to listen to no talk on diabetes 
uh, uh, because uh, I'd already was hard-headed saying I wasn't going to take the medicine. And then she got down to the nitty-gritty, you know, and started talking about money uh, and, and how much money it costs uh, to be a diabetic. Uh, and when she got down to my money, uh, my wife said that uh, I came out of a deep sleep and I started to rise up out of that bed. And I told that woman, now's not the time to be talking to me about my money. Uh, I, I kind of lost it. I lost the calmness there. But, but, but the problem is, is when you're going through your storm, remain calm. Don't lose your head. And Paul... Paul, Paul had courage. And if you're going to be in this ministry, you're going to have to have some courage. Paul looked amongst his enemies and looked at God and saw a source of comfort. And in this ministry, there are going to be hardships. There are going to be tough days, difficult days. But you have to have the courage to stand for what God has given. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes... Uh, folk will run out on you. Folk will leave you. Uh, uh, folk will uh, disappoint you. But you have to have the courage to still stand on the truth. And uh, we, we have had many people uh, leave us, run out on us. And uh, uh, it, 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 just, it just makes my wife so upset. But I've learned every time, every time they leave, uh, uh, she calls me like I've done something wrong. Amen. But you have to have the courage. You have to have the courage. And, I, and I've been able to tell her, baby, it's going to be all right. We, 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 the sun going to come up tomorrow. It's going to be all right. I believe God. I believe God. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way. And, and uh, we're, when we're a plant work, you know, and uh, talking about storms and Southern Hills uh, was a plant work. We started some 14 years ago. And uh, as I was doing in my workshop, I was letting the brethren know that uh, uh, sometimes when you do these things, you're going to be on an island by yourself. Uh, uh, but, but one of the things that kills more churches is the, 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 the fear of the man of God to continue on the course. You've got to continue on the course regardless of the membership. You start asking the members what to do, you're going to be in trouble. Oh, I think I said, I better say that again. Y'all getting quiet. I said, you start asking the members what to do. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. And, and Paul, one thing I like about Paul, Paul had a, had a duality to his, to his uh, ministry. Paul could do more than preach. Paul was maker of tents. Paul had a, another income. And, and even though Paul said, I have a right to have a salary, I have a right to lead about a wife, I have a right to do certain things, Paul wasn't uh, uh, worried about some things because he had money coming in. And I'm going to tell you, church, uh, if you're going to do this ministry and you start out a work from the ground up, you better have a duality to your ministry. <laughs> Carry.
to be able to do more than just preach a duality to your membership. Amen. Amen. And, and, and uh, I was able, blessed, to have a, a, a fine secular job that I just retired from. Uh, Lord bless me 32 years and able to uh, retire. Uh, but but, but it, would, it enabled me not to worry about certain things like fear, anxiety, because my wife knew we were going to eat well regardless of what the membership did. Confidence. Paul had confidence. Confidence correctly stated that it is a certainty, self-reliance, boldness that comes from a firm trust. Paul had confidence. Paul was certain about God's plan for his life. This was never more evident in verse 25 of the text. He tells a group of men in a fierce storm, be of good cheer. I believe God. And then when you have this firm trust, this self-reliance, you can stand on the truth and not worry about what people think. You can stand even during sleepless nights. You can stand when trouble hangs over you like an overcast cloud. You can stand knowing God has a plan for your life. And I like the last part of this text where uh, Paul uh, was told and tells the man, that uh, unless, unless we abide in the boat, we cannot be saved. I like that part of the text because that part of the text lets me know uh, that salvation was in the boat. And if they wanted to be saved, they had to remain in the boat. God has always salvation you had to be in the right place in order to be saved. Y'all getting quiet on me. Uh, baby, back in the beginning, if you wanted to be saved, you had to be in the ark. Noah preached all those years, it's gonna rain. But in order to be saved, you had to book passage on the ark. Rahab was a harlot, but because she helped those spies, all those who were in Rahab's house, was saved. I know somebody saying, I don't want to go to a harlot's house. Well then, if you weren't in Rahab's house, you were L-O-S-T lost because all of the same was in Rahab's house. God has always placed salvation with being in the right place. And then in our text, if you wanted to be saved, you had to remain and abide in the boat in the boat. Uh -huh. And we have people today that don't believe you got to be in the right place in order to be saved. But God, when he saves you, he places you into the church. And we have people don't believe in the one church. But uh, I believe in the one church. I believe in the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism. And, and, and I'm going to preach that until I die because that's what I believe. That's what the book says. Paul believed it. Paul preached it, and Paul didn't care what the people thought. And I'm here to tell you, if you're going to preach the word, you can't care, can't care what the people think. You've got to preach uh, the truth. I'm going to my seat. My amens are gone. Amen. 
my amens are gone. I'm going to my seat. Uh, but let me just say, yeah, I'm, my amens are gone now. You start talking about the church, your amens are gone. Uh, 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 but, but amen, that's it. That's the end of that, you know. But, 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 uh, but, but I, I told this last year, a few years ago at the lectureship in Memphis, and I, I believe this goes along with my story, and that is, is that you have to, if you're going to preach, you have to understand that uh, there, there is a chain of command. And I went over this in my workshop. Paul's charge was to preach the word, being sent in season out of season. He was to set things in order. And uh, uh, when I was growing up, my, my children uh, used to get mad at me because uh, I would let them know that I'm in charge. Uh, and, and, and when you tell people you're in charge, they don't like you. And my children didn't like me too much because uh, we would be buddy-buddy, um, but you, as long as they understood one thing, I'm in charge. Now, as soon as they forget that I'm in charge, we are no longer buddy-buddy. And, and, and so Terrence, my oldest boy, uh, we would be sitting there and I was going over the chain of command with them and uh, 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 because, because uh, you know, my wife would come home and, and she'd open the door and she would be mad because dishes were in the sink and things weren't right. Uh, and, and, and she would uh, get mad at the children. I know she wasn't mad at me because I was the captain. I knew she couldn't be talking to me. And, and, and so, and so uh, uh, I would tell my children the chain of command. Uh, 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 my son was, was uh, a seaman. Uh, what he, his job was to swab the deck. Everything that, 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 that uh, he was told to do, he was supposed to do. Uh, and and uh, Derek uh, was, a, was a crewman. And, and so they wanted to know, Morgan, the baby, they wanted to know where she was. I said she was a squaw. And, and, and so they would boss Morgan around trying to get stuff done because they had rank over her. Uh, but when my wife would come home and, and, and things wasn't done and she would start uh, getting upset, uh, uh, I turned around and knew she couldn't be talking to me because I'm the captain. I would turn to the rest of the seamen and I would let them know they had to get busy doing their job. And while I say that, to say this, is that God has a chain of command. And if you don't like God's chain of command, don't get mad at me. I'm his workman doing the job. Your job is to follow along as the layman. And so, when the majority decided, I stopped by to tell you the majority is not always right. God bless you. I woke up this 